Hello and welcome to the BS Gaming Club, brought to you by Broadly-Specific.com. I'm your host, Bonan Shamsu. And joining me this episode are Say Violet and a very special guest that I will be introducing very soon. Today, we will be discussing about game writing, video game writing, with a game developer, uh, you know, slash writer. But before I get into that, uh, I would like also uh, to introduce Broadly Specific for any uh, listeners that might, might not be uh, familiar with us. We are a creative collective uh, who, are, who specialize in uh, usually in our website, broadly-specific.com. We specialize in deep dive essays, uh, analyzing film, music, art, uh, design, architecture, and so on. But we recently uh, start to branch out to video games as well. Uh, which is why you're uh, listening to now, I suppose. So uh, if you're interested in the stuff I've mentioned, and not only about video games, but on film, music, art, and, and so on, but also about video games, obviously. And if you're interested in the, uh, essays and podcasts, and also soon we will also do video essays as well on YouTube, definitely uh, find us on broadly-specific.com. Uh, we are also on Instagram at broadly underscore specific, at Twitter at broadly films, and YouTube as well at you know uh, just search broadly specific. And we also have a Patreon at patreon.com/slash broadly underscore specific. All right, we should uh, get on with the self introductions, I suppose. You know me. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe you know you don't know me, but I am uh, I'm the founder and the editor in chief. Or broadly specific, I am Bondan Shamsu. Uh, so yeah, that's just me. Uh, I'm currently living in Japan. Blah blah blah. Not important. Say <laughs> Violet. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. It's me. Yes, I specialize in being a ridiculous VTuber who plays way too many video games. I am Say Violet. You can find me at Say Violet absolutely everywhere. Say Violet on YouTube, Say Violet on Instagram, on Twitter, on Patreon. Say Violet everywhere. <laughs> but yes, I play way too many video games. I mostly play Final Fantasy XIV, all the Final Fantasy games, in fact, a lot of JRPGs, visual novels, point and click adventure games. Yep. Play a lot of games. And. Yeah, I would really like it if you could come and check out my channel, subscribe, follow me wherever. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Awesome. And uh, again, today's episode is going to be about uh, video game writing uh, with a very special guest uh, for uh, a lot of people which who might be familiar with this game called Coral Island, uh, a new farming sim game that will be uh, that's coming out uh, that is in early access. But you know, we'll come out uh, in, in full release as well. And we have a very special guest, and we managed to invite a writer for uh, the game, one of the writers and developer of Coral Island. Evan, can you introduce yourself? All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Evan Arnoldis Bayang. And as Bonan mentioned before, I am the game scriptwriter for Stairway Games and we recently released an early access of Coral Island. Please get it now from Steam. <laughs> Yay. 
Yay! Uh, uh, we'll do a, uh, a more thorough introduction of uh, Coral Island uh, in a sec as well. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to... Uh, I think this is tradition in any podcast, in any BS Club podcast that we do, is that, uh, you know, whether it's a film podcast or a gaming podcast or anything, uh, if it's a new guest, we got to ask what are their favorite things and whatever, you know? In this case, mm-hmm. Evan. Uh, so our new guest, uh, Violet, I, we di- I did it with Violet next, last time. Although yeah. I'll, I'll probably ask again. <laughs> but uh, Evan, I uh, would like to ask uh, your relationship with video games. <laughs> so, uh, first off, right off the bat, Evan, uh, what are your favorite games of all time? And you can't say... Anyway, just joking. I was gonna say like the, the game you're developing, or no, just joking. No, 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 no. no. Uh, what, what are your favorite games of all time? You know, from childhood or like growing up, or you know, just go ahead. Okay, so other than Coral Island, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite game of all time, I have to plug this in, is Sweet Coden. Do you guys know? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I am yeah. the best. I have it on best RPG of all time. I have it on PS Vita. Oh, I have it on PS Vita. But are they aren't they doing a remaster? I think. Exactly, exactly. You guys should get it too on Steam next year, probably. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I think I want to get it if they come out on Switch or something. I feel like that's like a good like mobile game. You know, like not not mobile. Okay, not not the phone. I mean, like the what do you like call handheld it? Handheld. Handheld. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. It have uh, okay. no. A very interesting narrative design. You get surprise playing at every turn of the game, at every phase, and you know, basically, um, I can say that game script writing or game writing itself, or maybe even writing, came from inspiration after playing Suikoden during my childhood. It was that awesome. Good. Awesome. Oh, we can discuss uh, more about that later. Uh, but uh, oh, but you know, your, that influence in your writing. But uh, what are your other? You have any other favorite games? Do you like? like? Sure, sure thing. So um, may, I I could even maybe divide it by genre itself or oh, yes. um, what uh, what you call it? Diablo. That's one of yeah, my yeah. favorite games yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah dungeon crawling, grinding, everything, name it. And also for the RTS, Starcraft. Yeah, you know, basically I'm a Blizzard fan too. I mean, um, no matter what you say about Blizzard, uh, their their na- narrative and their lore and stuff like that is always pretty good. Like Overwatch, uh, its lore and everything is still pretty fascinating, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, I also you play. Like... Yeah, yeah. Um, I played. Uh, wait a second. Winning Eleven, Pass. Do you know it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. games. The yeah. uh, football yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Football games, you know. I haven't heard so, yeah, I basically played phrase. everything, man. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard of the phrase uh, winning 11 in a long time. I know Pest and Fever are the international game and games, but winning 11, I almost think like it's very specific to a specific region, Indonesia being one of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, aside from that, I guess one last game that I'm particularly really fond of is a very old game. It's called 1602 AD. Oh, what is that? Have you heard of that? Well, what is that? It sounds vaguely familiar. Do you What's know? I know, two thousand um, something. I, oh, know I know one thousand one eight hundred. 
Is, is yeah, so it's like, like basically yeah 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 builder rts game so you like you build games and it simulates the um you know the development they're from peasant and then they became the aristocrats and you need to manage their needs it's a very fun game and that's like my opus um my you know my final game to like to <laughs> uh, can you can you say the name again um i know one six oh two i mean it's basically i know one thousand six um, 600 to 80. All right, all right. It's a very yeah, old yeah. game. Very, very old game. I know Ubisoft has the IP rights now. I think the, the Ubisoft is developing the new games, right? I think. Yeah. And, uh, okay. Awesome, awesome. Uh, those are a very cool collection of fav favorite games, I feel. Uh, Violet, uh, I mean, forgot if I even asked you last time. So, for people who don't, <laughs> people who don't know, uh, Violet and I did a podcast on Silent Hill Two, Silent Hill Two Remake, and what we think of it. What we're kind of worried about, yeah. it, really. But you can listen to our Silent Hill Two Remake podcast. I think, in the, uh, like, uh, I think by the time this comes out, so this is two episodes before this. So the episode before this, by the time this comes out, uh, is going to be the BS Film Club uh, Hitchcock's uh, Reno. But the episode before that, uh, Silent Hill Two Remake. Go listen to it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. go ahead. What are your favorite games? Wow, favorite games. I'm looking around my room for help, as if my room is going to help me somehow. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, okay, okay, right off the bat, the game that, uh, that we play a lot, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. is it one of them? I play Final Fantasy XIV a lot, and yes. I would say that's one of the... It... I have never been a fan of multiplayer games. I have never been a fan of online games. Yeah. And Final Fantasy XIV, I put off playing for the longest time because I just had no interest in in anything multiplayer or online like that. And then a few years back, I just said, you know what? I've got nothing to play. I'm going to give it a try and just never look back. Never escaped, yeah? Yeah. No, that's my experience <laughs> as well. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say right off the bat, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen does have literally one of the best game stories of all time. Like, not even, like, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Any anything else, Valid? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I'm a fan of JRPGs, so uh, the Final Fantasy series has been uh, a huge part of. It. I think I talked about this in the last podcast we did, but as a child we had computers, and I was not allowed a console. Yeah. So I didn't get a console until I left home went to university yeah so my childhood was mostly filled with computer games mm -hmm. so that's why i have a lot of point and click adventure games that i adore games you will have never heard of like yeah. beneath the steel sky is probably one of my favorite games of I all time before, I think. Maybe. it's a free game now yeah and then they've made a sequel yeah over the last year uh but yeah i grew up playing a lot of point and clicks and stuff and then mm. as soon as i got out of home mm. got my consoles then of course that's when you know jrpgs and uh survival horror games entered my life and farming yeah so, oh the number of nights i spent playing farming sims just saying I'll just do one more day, you know, one more in-game day, and then I'll sleep. And then before you know it, it's 6 a.m. and I'm still harvesting my crops. Oh, <laughs> nightmare. 
Uh, but, but yeah, awesome, awesome. I mean, for me, just very quick, as I don't really like to waste time on myself in this type of podcast, but uh, my some of my favorite games, I'm pretty, I'm the more generic type of uh, gamers, but <laughs> I don't know, compared to these two, but one of my favorite franchises of all time is the Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid series. Uh, that's my childhood game, basically, the, the MGS series. So, uh, yeah, MGS 1 to, uh, to 3, and then 4 as well. Uh, and then, uh, you know, 5 to some extent. But uh, Liberty 1 to 4 was my childhood. Uh, it was, yeah, like a very uh, formative game for me in terms of how I view games. I mean, it's one of those games where Metal Gear Solid was the game that made me go like, ah, video game can be art, you know, uh, during the time I was playing it back then. I promise and, I will play them. Yes, <laughs> please. Uh, and, you know, uh, obviously Final Fantasy XIV is, uh, you know, it's an MMO, obviously, but uh, it's, an, it's an RPG first. It's an RPG single player Final Fantasy first before an MMO, so... Uh, the actual story of Final Fantasy XIV, including the expansion, because it's a continuous story, is literally one of the best game stories I've ever played, like, bar none. So, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, those are the type of games that I like. Uh, my childhood game, my favorite childhood game is Ape Escape, the, the Ape Escape series. <laughs> yes. I've actually never played Ape Escape, but of course I know it. Yes, it's very good. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. Hold on, sorry. What is it? Sorry? Is it like a temple run thing? Like, you know, platformer or is it like something it else? Is, it, is, it is kind of like a platformer, but uh, you uh, it's, it's, you basically, the, the main gameplay is uh, you have a net and you kind of catch monkeys. It's very good though. <laughs> and there's like, okay. actual, there's like actual, there's, believe it or not, there's actual deep lore as well. Like really deep, uh, like really wow. deep, like lore. Uh, and uh, they have a TV show at one point. But anyway, that's like deep lore. I really wish they bring the games back, the game back. And obviously, uh, I'm uh, I'm playing. I, I, I actually now the next part of the the video game history uh, question uh, is uh, what games are you playing right now? Like now, uh, Evan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you, uh, I know you're a busy man, but are you playing any games right now? Well, um, that's funny that you asked that because I'm currently playing Coral Island right now. <laughs> I know you're getting the, the sneaky developer, developer, developer version or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I cannot say for sure. Anyway, uh, but, any, anything else? Yeah, other than Coral Island, actually, I've been replaying um, Suikoden 5 as well. Uh, uh, yeah. and it's on PS2. So I've brought my console here too. And also, apart from that, I'm also playing God of War, but the first one on PC. Okay, okay. Uh, Violet just finished the, the first one. Well, not okay. the first one. Okay, not the first one. Okay, that, okay that's factually wrong. Yeah. The previous yeah. one. The first one, the previous one. That's that true. we're referring to is God of War 4. God of War 2018 yeah, yeah. is God of War 4. But you know. True, true. Yeah, so. True, true, true. Yeah, so. Uh, you suddenly just called God of War. Then. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of like a soft reboot. It's a soft reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I, okay. That that means that we can't say too much since we have, you, you haven't finished the first one. <laughs> but it's really good. <laughs> and Ragnarok is even better. Anyway, uh, any, anything else? Okay. Um, well, uh, basically, that's 
three of them, I guess. Not really that much. Oh, but um, I've recently finished replaying um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay, the, the the remake or the new one or the old one? No, 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 the old one. Okay, yeah, because like it's now there's like now it's the Modern Warfare 2 as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the 2022, and it's yet confusing to people as well. And I explained yeah. to them like, no, no, no I play old one. <laughs> it's even more confusing than the God of War 2018, I think, because even God of War 2018 has different branding and Kratos is like different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Change man, uh-huh. change man. <laughs> change man has a beard. Has a yeah no. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, it's a now. Violet, what games are changes? Violet, what games are you playing? I mean, I kind of know since we're. we're uh, yeah, I'm uh looking forward to Final Fantasy 14 6.3 yes. new update coming out. Yeah, me too. Soon. me too. So I'm looking forward to playing that. Uh, otherwise, I've been not playing the game so much because in between patches. Um, I just bought, I've been playing the demo, but I just bought Harvestella today, which is mm. a Square Enix JRPG farming sim, uh, that I, I've played the demo, so I know what I'm getting myself into, but, yeah. uh, it, it, it looks like my kind of thing so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, I just finished playing as you just mentioned i just finished playing god of war so i am i just bought ragnarok and i'm ready to start streaming that when well when bondam finishes playing it yeah yeah because (laughs) i I want to watch uh, i want to watch while play through it uh but uh yeah (laughs) so i'm not allowed to play it until (laughs) Playing it. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, no, it's, oh. yeah, but also it's strategic because uh, I think people are avoiding spoilers right now, so it's more strategic to kind of wait on it. Yeah, I think people true, are true. really avoiding looking up. I mean, I, 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 I barely one, I, I barely open YouTube on my phone now, and two, I have like this extension on Chrome called Block Two, which block keywords. I have everything wow. related to it, uh, related to God of War blocked. I've almost been spoiled multiple times. I think I kind of turn my brain off every time I kind of glance something. So, yes, cold. Like, nope. not looking. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, I've yep. also been playing Coral Island, although although I struggle with it due to the fact that I'm not a PC gamer. I'm not a keyboard gamer. Um, <laughs> I am. I am just crossing my fingers and holding out hope that the control support day comes soon. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I would say anything about that for them. I don't, but, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know nothing to be said about that. But yeah, yeah. Also, I think my fa- the fan on my laptop broke, so the keys burned my fingers. Ooh, okay. Oh. So, so I'll be just like trying to run around casual, like, la la la, nice farming day. Ow, fingers burn. Damn. Because, oh my god, that's yeah. sorry. Sorry to see, sorry to hear that. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I mean, I'm loving the game anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay, Ready so... to get it on Steam, guys? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, uh, and very quickly for me, uh, very quickly for me. I mean, uh, yes, I, I mean, I'm a perpetual FF14 player as well. But yes, taking break, uh, taking a break, waiting, waiting for the new patch as well. 
Uh, but yes, I'm playing God of War Ragnarok, uh, guys. Uh, it's really, really great. I can't even say that much. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I'll, we, I'm probably gonna, I may do an early impression or like a general early impression podcast, like a bonus episode, just for myself, a solo podcast. But anyway, I, but I, I do plan when, I, whenever I finish the game, to actually do something with it, like either like record a podcast uh, or like write an essay about it. Uh, but anyway, uh, God of War Ragnarok, it's amazing. Uh, believe it or not, the 2018 one is a masterpiece. It's even better than that. Uh, it's actually, it, it, it makes the 2018 one look like a prologue, uh, which is uh, no, not a prequel, a prologue, which kind of go, goes to the show, like the, the, the scope and scale of the, the, the Ragnarok is just in, incredible. But I'm not going to get too much into that because I think I'm going to go on a tangent, essentially. Uh, just look forward to anything <laughs> we release. Just follow us, broadly specific. So just just uh, follow this podcast if you like. Uh, we, we're gonna do more uh, stuff, but uh, go to our website as well, our social media and everything, and you know support us on Patreon. But thank you. Okay. And if I'm mm-hmm. correct, you did actually try to play Carl Island, right? Yes. Uh, okay. So me. <laughs> oh wait. Okay. As a disclaimer, I have bought Coral Island, so. Nice. You know, I have supported your game. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but but the problem is I have a very shitty laptop. So that's the thing. I, I mostly play on my PS5. Uh but uh I have a very shitty laptop. Like uh, I'm when I'm when I say shitty, I mean really shitty. When I say shitty, it's a miracle that I can do anything. It's a miracle that I can edit podcasts, it's a miracle that I can do broadly specific edit videos. Barely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh so yeah. It's very, very it's, tough situation. It's bad. So you couldn't even do like character creation, right? It just yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was it was a really it, it, oh not the not, not the fault of the game, not the fault of the game. It literally no, is no. the fault of the no. laptop. <laughs> it literally is just my laptop. Uh, and don't underestimate how shitty it is. This is it's really really yeah, bad. Think <laughs> think of the shittiest laptop in the world. And then just like multiply. I mean, I think it's not it's not shitty because of spec. As a spec watch is fine. I guess it's shitty because it's been beaten up and kind of like broken down. Beaten up. Oh my god! Yeah. What the, what are you doing with it? I mean, <laughs> uh, there, there has been days where it fall, falls to the ground. Blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> the, the 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 axis the the thingy is broken. Anyway, it's a lot of stuff. Anyway, uh, so. Uh, the, the, that's the icebreaker part of the course in the podcast. I uh, hope you've been uh, enjoyed. Uh, enjoy, you've been enjoying kind of a, an icebreaker of uh, and kind of an introduction to our panelists and you know yours truly, the host. And so yeah, we will now uh, get on to our next part. And now we will uh, start discussing Coral Island itself. Uh, I suppose there's no one better to introduce what Coral Island is than a developer in Stairway Games. So, Evan, can you introduce to the audience, like pretend uh, p- uh, people don't know, like never heard of Coral Island before. What is it if you want to kind of tell them uh, and sell certainly. it? Certainly. <laughs> okay, certainly. <laughs> sell me this Once again, thank you. <laughs> okay. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so once again, thanks for the opportunity for me to, you know, speak about the game here in the yeah. podcast. So Coral Island is a vibrant and laid-back reimagining of farm sim games. 
basically you can be who you want and experience the enchanting island living at your own pace mm -hmm. live off the land nurture animals build relationships with a diverse cast of town folks and make the world around you a more vital and harmonious place and then you know on the island itself the story changes with each passing season but life just goes with the flow you can spend your days exploring or find that special someone in town to build a life together or you could save the seas brave monster filled caverns or even focus on perfecting your farm it's all up to you or maybe you can do it all at once once again up to you buy it on steam yay yeah, uh, <laughs> and i would also like to do my own introduction which is uh Coral Island is uh, obviously it's now on early access, but that's not the the, the first uh, part of the history of Stairway Games in Coral Island. Coral Island was also a very successful Kickstarter, right? And and uh, on Kickstarter, right. I think it was back in last year, right? Twenty twenty one, I think. Uh, it was last year, right? If I recall correctly, or was it twenty twenty? Sorry, but uh, it was uh, on Kickstarter and. Yeah, the first goal, I believe, was $70,000. It not only managed to surpass that, it managed to surpass all the stretch goals. And Coral Island ended up raising, uh, I think I believe it's, okay, $1.6 million. So very impressive, very impressive. And uh, I believe uh, uh, the art of the game, uh, it really captivates people and what the message of, of, of the game is, uh, the environmental message really captivated people. So uh, really, it was a very successful project. And I believe it's, as far as I know, one of the most successful crowdfunding games uh, uh, from like Indonesia, right? Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, I, ha I heard about the game because I was a, I was a part of, Part of this game gaming forum called uh no not was i am i am a part of this gaming forum called reset era and the director of the game <laughs> jeremiah posted there uh detailing basically i don't, I don't even want to say because it almost seems like uh it's personal but uh jeremiah kind of told uh the story or his his life story a bit in that post and he's now developing this game alongside his wife uh so uh, during the initial posting, he uh, he was like detailing like every every like uh, like update of the game, I guess, and uh, and stuff like that. But then yeah, the, the Kickstarter kicked in. Uh, it it went huge. Everyone, uh, like, uh, YouTubers uh, covered it, and like, oh wow, this new call, uh, this new farming sim is uh, looks cool and stuff like that. So really, really, really went widespread. Uh, so yeah, it's it's very cool uh, and. Uh, I mean, I would like to ask as well, Evan. Uh, I mean, that you've answered like you've answered like in your introduction a bit, like what is Coral Island, and I think my next, my you have answered some parts of my next question. But uh, what makes Coral Island unique compared to other farming sim game games? Well, as I mentioned before, you can yep, literally yep. everything here, right? Like you can, you know. Um, build a life together with the townsfolks, with one mm -hmm. of the singles, and also mm -hmm. you can save the ocean. There's also a feature there, and also you can brave the uh, caverns to, um, you know, 
rip the monsters there, defeat the monsters, or even maybe focus on your perfecting, um, focus on perfecting your own farm. So basically you can do everything there. And I think that itself, the freedom of choice is a very unique thing to have in farm sim games. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned uh, saving the sea, and that is, I believe, one of the most unique parts in, in this game compared to other farming sim games, because this game allows you to go underwater diving and uh, cleaning up the ocean and the trashes there, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. And the cavern part is the the mining, uh, the mining combat. Oh, not mining, sorry. The, it is combat. mining, yeah, 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 mining combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time mine there. Yeah, the dungeons, uh, kind of. Uh, so yeah, uh, and uh, one of the coolest parts that I've seen is the, how detailed the, the the city looked. I mean, I've seen streams. Obviously, again, my my shitty laptop. I can't play it, <laughs> but I've seen streams and everything. I mean, I'll, I'll play the full release it's, uh, uh, when it comes out on consoles and everything. Uh, but thank um, you. Uh, again, I already bought it. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah uh, the city looks really detailed. The characters look amazing, the animation and everything. But I think uh, there is a better person that can that can, that can uh, talk about this, which is a person that has actually played it for uh, Violet. <laughs> what, has it, what has their experience been like playing Coralize? I think actually... Um... I think you said you you asked me why I hadn't progressed any further, and it's because there's just so much that you could do. There's so many different things to do that I'll just get caught up in doing one particular thing day in, day out. For example, I suck at the combat so much, I cannot, and I think it's just because me and me and uh keyboard gaming is a is a big failure but mining i will just i spent days mining mm. just mining excessively in the in game, game days of <laughs> hope in game days yes and out of game days excessive mining like i haven't even unlocked animals yet okay um i've seen them i've like walked through the farm gone oh these look like some unique animals that I haven't seen in farming games before. And then just run up to the mine because you have to run through the through the ranch to get to the mine. And run up to the mine and do a lot of mining. A lot yeah. of mining. But yeah, you can just get caught up doing that one thing. Or I've done a little bit of diving. Yep. I can imagine getting caught up in that and playing that for day in, day out. And just... Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Or, of course, there's uh, like all the characters to talk to. Mm -hmm. And the map is huge. I, I might go as far as to say it's one of the biggest maps I've seen in a farming game. Yeah. Uh... So, forever to get from one side of the map to the other. And you look at the map and you mm -hmm. see the character you want to talk to. And say like, no, they're so far away. <laughs> you have to run and make it to them yeah but uh, i think from one of the coolest features in that map is where you can uh, see where everyone is right yeah yeah that is so you can find out where the person you want to talk to is but of course they have their own life so they go off and do their own thing so by the time you get to where you think they are they could have left 
Mm-hmm. Oh, no. How am I supposed to stalk you? No. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, again, as a disclaimer, well, Evan can't really talk about a lot of things, but it's fine. It's fine. We, we can, uh, we can we'll discuss about game writing and stuff in a bit, but we do want to, uh, talk about our, our own experience of Coral Island and definitely, uh, really praise it because it, it really is amazing. And to me, the big, big part of this game's success is the art style. And that's what people are really latching onto and really identifying with, you know, the datables, the NPCs. Uh, I believe the, the artist of the game is uh, a, a, a past, uh, a former Disney and DreamWorks artist. I think David. Oh, that uh, would make sense. Uh, his name is David uh, Ardinarias Lojaya, and he's he was he was a uh, he's from uh, he was he worked on Disney and DreamWorks and and things like that. So you can definitely feel that influence. Uh, but it's 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 the art of the game is very cool. It's very uh, I think the character art. It's really what makes people really latch on to the game. Yeah, yeah, know? the character art's really beautiful, and each character is very unique mm-hmm. from what I've what I've encountered so far. Yeah, very you diverse. Don't, you don't just have a sort of a very typical cast of similar-looking people with just different hair colors. Something like that that we've seen in in you know past farming games. Yeah, and uh, so many yep. unique characters. Yes, uh, and uh, one last thing that I want to talk about it. Uh, you know, I don't want to keep Evan waiting, but <laughs> one last thing that I can I want to talk about it is also uh, the Indonesian influence as well. Uh, if you if you haven't noticed, because I, I have been told I, I sound American, but I I mean I'm Indonesian. I mean okay, so Violet is British. Uh, British, anyway, uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm Indonesian, uh, so uh, it, it's it's very nice to get Indonesian representation in some some you know any form of media, but definitely video games as well. Uh, you know, film representations, you know, obviously we have Indonesian films, right? But uh, international, re- uh, uh, you know, international representation sometimes it exists. But gaming, video game rep- uh, representation, there's not a lot of Indonesian representation. Uh, one of the funniest Indonesian rep- representation in video games that I have encountered was in Uncharted 2. No, Uncharted 1, sorry. Uncharted 1 uh, was partially set in Indonesia and one of the characters in Uncharted 1, uh, Raja, I think I forgot his name, but he's really funny. He's one of the villains. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, anyway, that's a, uh, another story. But uh, the, in, the Indonesian cultural influence in technology well, and everything is very cool. I have a funny, like, collection of games which mm. have come from Bondan saying this is an Indonesian game play it yes and that's that's actually how I found out about Coral Island in the first place yes, was yes. because you nice he knew I liked you know I uh, like these kind of games I and mean it Indonesian yeah, yeah. game go check it out <laughs> hey yeah I mean uh, there's not a lot of Indonesian rep- representation in gaming so it's very nice mm-hmm. uh, in the cultural mythological uh, uh, references and you know, influences and in things like uh, Violet has like experienced it because I, I was in voice call with her when she did it but uh, during the one of the festivals of the game yeah, spring yeah, festival the spring it was festival. like there was a balap karung I think it was like a sack race and uh, Violet's like what is this right <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And, I, and I like how it's not translated 
you know, yeah. into just well, stack race. And yeah. there were lots of, again, please excuse me, not or whatever it's called, but there was that food that looks like a little yellow pyramid, like a yellow cone. Durian? Yeah, I think so, that you can eat at the spring. No, 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 I think it's Dumpang. Dumpang, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the, the, the one that you want to eat a whole one of. Yes, I, I want to eat like an entire tumpang, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The, everybody's just saying, go try this, go try this. And I'm like, what is this food? And I had to ask you what this thing was. And so yeah, then I had looked it up and... Yellow rice. Turmeric rice, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just, I've been learning yeah. all it's about really... all these like foods and all sorts of things to play yeah. the game. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of other influences. Uh, in things like even the the and the farm animals later, there's like some Indonesian farm animals like luwak and stuff like that. Uh, but well, uh, the, and, uh, and the, the plants the, as well, the plants. Yeah, the things you can grow, the types of trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like you can get, I believe there are coconuts, yeah. trees, and all sorts of things that mm. that you don't usually see. Yeah, and. Also, again, back to the NPCs, it's nice seeing Indonesian representation and seeing people that kind of look like, uh, you know, with the people like Surya and, and stuff like that. So it's nice. It's nice. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't look like Surya, but, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, I was laughing about one of the characters and you and you said, yeah, those those people really exist. What? Uh, what do you, you mean? remember? It was like a, it was like a sort of a, almost like hippie dude, who's kind oh. of all like. Oh, the 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 blonde guy, right? Yeah, Ben, I believe he's called. Okay, I don't want to offend any, any I don't want to offend anyone, but those people exist in Bali, yes. Anyway, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's why it's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I, I was laughing because he was just like he's such a funny character. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, I know, I know, Bali is a very. Is a, it's a big ins- uh, cultural inspiration for the game as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, and I, I think the deve- some of the developers are from Bali, because I I have read the actual the forum post that I mentioned, which kind of like tells the life story. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that existed. Uh, and yeah, I mean the other the final mythological influence is the cultural influence is the mythology. You know, I'm not gonna go into it obviously, uh, but uh, things like. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Coral, the Coral Island Kickstarter and everything, you know, there's like giants, there are uh, the, the goddess, and there's uh, the mermaid, you know, eventually the mermaid kingdom and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but yes. So I don't want to keep Evan waiting anymore. So we should definitely uh, finally go out of the, the, the NDA f- f- realm. Just joking, just joking. <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, seeing you guys talk about it, you know, the mm-hmm. lore and everything and your excitements, it's really heartwarming, you know, it's really awesome to hear because, yeah, you yeah, know, your, yeah, you found all the yeah. hard work. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, it makes all the hard work's worth it. And this is what, yep. this is why we do it. You know, yeah, this is why yeah, we yeah, develop yeah. the game. And yeah. I'm just glad that you guys are enjoying the game as much as we do in developing it. Thank you. Yes. And okay. Final, final thing about the Coral Island, like the introduction part. The environmental message. Obviously, I talk about the uh, ocean cleanup, and I talk and the big part of it, the big part of the game is uh, this puffer sh- pufferfish corporation yeah. trying to uh, make an oil mining rig uh, in the island. Uh, oh, oh, okay. This is completely random, 
Violet, Violet and I just watch a movie that's kind of related to this. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, wow. We, really? We watch Local Hero. Uh, Bill Forsyth's, uh, Bill Forsyth's 1980... Let me see. 1983. 1983. Uh, Bill Forsyth's uh, 1983... Um, uh, what do you call it? A Local Hero. Uh, uh, starring... Uh, starring... King. Burt Lancaster as well. Uh, I'm sorry, this is our film, film side of Broadway Specific kind of leaking through this. <laughs> uh, no yeah, local hero, awesome movie. Please watch it. Actually, Evan, because you're a writer in this game, uh, please watch Local Hero and take inspiration from it. <laughs> but Local Hero, and, uh, I, I will tell you why it's related. Uh, the the basic setup of the film is uh, this American American uh, American oil mining and oil uh, company uh, executive going to Scotland to purchase the entire town. To purchase this entire town, so uh, this entire like uh, going to Scotland to this very scenic oceanside, uh, oceanside uh, t- uh, Scottish town with very friendly people and history and nature and uh, uh, biodiversity in the ocean. Uh, he's coming to this town. To purchase it, basically, uh, to purchase the entire town to make a, like an oil company, uh, oil mining rig. Uh, but yeah, the entire film is just kind of him interacting with the town folks, blah, 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 and slowly changing his mind, maybe. But yes, anyway, I don't spoil it. A very awesome film. I'm sorry for the tangent, but it's kind of related. So, local hero, watch it. Uh, but yeah, like uh, the, 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 the Pufferfish Corporation in Coral Island trying to... Uh, trying to uh make a you know make an oil mining rig and uh i know that you know uh bali and be- uh, beaches in indonesia and the co- you know coral reefs in indonesia are and the res- preservation of it and stuff like that uh are a big part of the message of this game so so uh obviously indonesia yeah. is not it's not in- indonesia is not the best uh uh, environmentally friendly country <laughs> so I think I think we uh, might have been in coal at the time when I was like why is there trash everywhere yeah yeah because there was just uh, there was I was really aware and conscious of the fact that there was trash everywhere yeah just all over the place so yeah I mean if you go to Indonesian beaches sometimes and in Bali you definitely see those <laughs> Uh, stuff like that it's kind of a shame really so but th- that's part of the message of the game so uh, yeah. very 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 uh, eco conscious uh, socially responsible game I would say uh, awesome so we are now in the next word finally we're gonna go back to Evan and have a long longer <laughs> Evan section I'm sorry we have been hounding the the, the time slot uh, with our discussion uh, with our rants but uh, we're gonna go get into the Evan time. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll go into uh, game writing in a bit. And finally, after the long rant and babbles of uh, Violet and I, <laughs> we're finally going back to Evan and uh, our special guest for this episode, uh, developer and writer from Stairway Games, developing Coral Island, and. Really, this episode, we're really interested in the process of video game writing uh, in general, how it def- differs from differs from uh, other mediums and 
uh, really the process of it and uh, yeah uh, it's an honor to have uh, an actual video game writer in the, in the, in the podcast so Evan uh, uh, well my first question to you in this part is what is your history with Stereo Games uh, but also what's your history as a writer in general maybe your past past careers and or past jobs and things like that So my, um, it's very funny actually. Before I started working on stairway games, I worked on Indonesian EdTech, educational technology companies. And okay. I worked there as the screenwriter slash scriptwriter for their videos for educational lessons. Mm, okay. So can, can, can you repeat again? Indonesian what? Sorry. Educational technologies, EdTech. Ah, uh, okay. Is it like a government company or is it like a private company? No, no, no. It's private companies. It's like, um, do you know Zenius? Zenius? Zenius with Z. It's like, um, I am not. I oh, am not. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a private tutor, uh, private tutoring, um, thingy service, but you can do it online. So yeah, it's basically that. I see. To be fair, I'm always out of touch with anything from Indonesia. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, being, it's okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, being in Japan so long now, I haven't been home for so long. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I've, I've, it's become a blur. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> not, 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 not that bad. But wow, okay. wow, wow, wow! Awesome. No, 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 no. Awesome. So you were uh, you wrote screenplays for their educa- educational videos. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for one year. Oh, sorry, two years from. 2019 up until 2021 I see. and during that time period I just decide that well you know these aren't really for me writing um, screen, screenwriting for educational purposes it's not really who I am you know yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just feel yeah. like very very you know burnout. very very down in terms burnout exactly burnout in terms of creativity so I decided mm. to apply to Stairway Games, which at that time was conveniently opening for application for Game Writer. Yeah. Awesome. And, and then, well, here we are. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It's just, yeah, well, every day I wake up and I'm glad that to be part of Stairway Games and to be able to work on my passion, which is, you know, video games and writing. How could, how could better it be? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, a funny story, actually, for that. I, I was, I was really thinking of a okay so Hideo Kojima the Kojima Productions uh, was opening mm-hmm. application for research assistant I was like hmm, maybe I should try it. <laughs> I think I think I kind of for it man I chickened out so I think that one that one was taken but <laughs> I mean it would be uh, a dream as well working in the video game development company in Japan we were like a dream anyway that's fine uh I ask is that something you'd ever thought of doing before working in the game industry or did it just kind of the opportunity arose, you saw it and you went, actually, this is be cool. Well, honestly, uh, I've been dreaming of this since like, I don't know, my um, high school years. I've been playing so many games since then. And that was where I was like, okay, I need to make my career trajectory to head into the video game industries. But I didn't expect it to go this fast. Like <laughs> I expected <laughs> to, you know, Five years, maybe five years after working as a writer for here and there, maybe for films and also advertising, and then I'll go to the video games. But well, you know, fate has it in store for me, and here I am. 
two years yeah. later. I mean, uh, were you thinking of working in the vid- in Indonesian video game industry, or were you thinking like let's go abroad? Because I think like well, I think it's fair to say uh, like even a few years ago, uh, the Indonesian game industry is more minuscule in size than now. Because now is there's uh, actually some prominent, more prominent uh, gaming ga- gaming developers and indie indie developers as well. Like you know we have Toge Studio who's working on a space for the unbound uh, 90s RPG Indonesian game. And uh, mm-hmm. they, okay, games work on Coffee Talk, uh, which I think Violet yep. played. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, and now Stairway Games as well. So uh, a lot of uh, more prominent uh, Indonesian game developers are starting to kind of uh, show up, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, on my question, uh, did you ever think of working in the Indonesian gaming industry? Or were you well, thinking? Well, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so my big brother, he was like um, in years before, he was like a flash game developers. Have you guys ever played flash games? Obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part nah, of uh, yes. everyone's uh, my childhood because, uh, you know, in schools, uh, yes, in schools and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, one of my, my most played flash game was this game called mm-hmm. an mmo called adventure quest world <laughs> like back in back around oh, like, the... oh <laughs> i'm sure you played it as well <laughs> yeah 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 that was the that was the game man that was yeah. the game yeah yeah it's very popular in indonesia so anyway mm-hmm. but, story. yeah but yeah uh, uh, my brother my big brothers was like showing me um you know communities about game developers in indonesia and then I realized that, you know, our industry as well has a chance, but not properly backed. That's what I'm thinking at that time. So, well, what? Sorry, I was you the last part. not properly. Sorry. What? Oh, not properly backed by, you know, backed. by the governments and also yeah. the others. But now um, we've been <laughs> seeing uh, more focus on the industry itself. And I just say that um, my first initial thought was to start as a as an Indonesian game developer as well. So I don't, you know, um, exactly just aim to work in the abroad immediately. I plan to go up um, the ladders as well. So after maybe spending time in the Indonesian industry, maybe there's, um, you know, that's where the step at. Or maybe we could even, you know, develop the Indonesian industry to be the standard, yeah, be, international be, standard. Be. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this yeah. is a very nice star for survey games and again I, I know you can talk about this but i know that one of the stretch goals <laughs> uh, the stretch goals in kickstarter are more updates and even like future islands or something but anyway like i know there's like expansion not expansion but like up, big updates as well coming after post-launch as well so i know survey, the future of survey games seems bright and the future of the industry seems bright as well and you mentioned government support i know a lot of countries do that uh indonesian the indonesian government used to do that uh, to be honest, uh, you know, under the condition that it doesn't re- restrict any, you know, spe- free speech or anything. But uh, other than that, like mm-hmm. I know the, the the Polish gaming industry is backed by the Polish government, for ex- for example, uh, has a grant mm-hmm. basically. And they st- even Singapore, Singapore uh, is uh, some of some of their studios are backed by uh, kind of like g- given a grant by the government essentially. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So, 
Although I, I would like I, also, I would like to also mention something uh, for the Indonesian gaming industry, which is something that's kind of overlooked. I know uh, the, there's a lot of, uh, you know, now we have several games, Togi Studios and stuff like that. They are like developing their own games. But I do know the Indonesian gaming industry has a lot of outsourced studios as well. Outsourced studios exactly. as in outs outsourced studios that are used by uh, like foreign game developers, like Square Enix, for example, use a lot of outsourced uh, game developers, and big big developers use uh, outsourced videos from uh, outsourced uh, developers that will create assets that will create specific elements. You know what I mean? So I do know that they, there are a lot of there are some outsourced studios as well in the Indonesian gaming industry as well. So although there are some you know kind of a side controversy related to that. But I'm not going to go into that right now. It's a very good video by People Make Games uh, about that. But yeah, on YouTube. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I, I often go on these tangents, but... Uh, no worries. In your history with Seri Games, uh, can you uh, elaborate a tiny bit? Well, um, basically... Wait, history, I mean um, before Stairway Games or after Stairway Games? Uh, anything else before Stairway Games? Oh, before Stairway Games, uh, uh, and everything before Stairway Games. I think that's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you applied to Stairway Games, uh, seeing this application. You entered, not expecting to work on the industries so fast, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so can you discuss a bit, like, okay, you you discussed this in the introduction part as well, but can you discuss your role as the writer in the Stairway Games? Well, me and my team, we are responsible for the, basically, the meat of the character dialogues, game text, and the narrative of the game itself. And we work closely with the game director, which you have known already, Jeremy. Jeremiah. So yeah. yeah, Jeremiah. So yeah, we basically do everything that is, you know, related to the things that I've mentioned before. Dialogues, game text, and narratives, which include stories and everything. Awesome. Uh, so basically just, well, I want to say, I wanted to ask like, oh, so the, the NPCs, the, the quest lines and everything, but basically everything, right? So it's yep. like part of, uh, the, the main writer, uh, uh, team, I suppose. Uh, and obviously we are not going to go into the actual writing in Coral Island because, uh, not only because Evan cannot talk about it, but I'm sure that there's still, <laughs> but, but I'm sure we don't want, we also don't want to go into the actual actual you know spoilery part of it just so um again Evan uh, what should people do again wait uh, sorry <laughs> no, I'm just uh, by announcing yeah I was I was like very very guarded I'm sorry <laughs> I was like no, no, it's okay don't talk about this <laughs> no 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 like, yeah, yeah but oh, basically <laughs> basically buy the game by the game, what's team? Astro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Let's go quick, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Violet, for like a... That was an, like an, in basketball term. That was, a, that was an alley hoop. That was an alley hoop. And, uh, and Violet did the dunk. Anyway. Uh, very good. Very good I'm, alley hoop at that. I'm sorry, audience. I'm sorry. Uh, we are we are a very corny group corny group of people. So I'm sorry. Uh, this This... I'm sure, I'm sure people like, if you are not familiar with the podcast and people kind of uh, see the title and, 
oh, this is a very serious discussion about game writing. <laughs> to be fair, we are, we are definitely still, you know, going to get into it. But, you know, it's, it's a casual discussion, so it's a chill. Uh, but I, I think I should do the disclaimer now. I know I want to make a disclaimer that uh, Evan and I are actual real-life friends. <laughs> and we know each other prior to this. And we're friends. So uh, I don't want people to think that this is how we treat our guests. And then we just like a random, per- a random person we just met. That we just kind of like, kind of like, <laughs> just it's fine, it's fine. I'm not saying that we we treat we treat friends badly, but you know, we, this is not the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, me, me and Bond, and I mean, I even called him in my own endearing way, Bonski. <laughs> me and Bonski, <laughs> we go a long way back. We go a long way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, want to make a disclaimer that we're we're all we're all we're all friends here. We're all pals. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get actually get into the writing part of it, and uh, so uh, okay, we're not gonna discuss about Coral Island itself. So can you discuss uh, actually? Since we're gonna get into video game writing, uh, mm-hmm. can you just uh, right off the bat answer uh, this question, which is what's the difference? Uh, I mean, you now you have you told me you had screenplay experience a bit what's the difference between mm. g- video game writing and let's say movie writing or novels or uh, any type of narrative writing what what makes video game writing different in terms of what it looks like or the medium or kind of uh the the, the, the format and everything i think the most important thing that we need to note about this is like the interactivity and the user experience well um yeah. we are reading novels or maybe we are watching movies the path is set right it's like a mm-hmm. to b it's set it's not going to change in the middle of the movie it's not going to change in the middle of the novel if you already wrote it once you already wrote it um in every way you can imagine it's like you know you already know how it's gonna go if you already um know the story once but for video games you need to take into account about almost literally everything the user actions the game states the um you know everything that the game's environment the interactivity so basically it's like the interactivity itself should be the main um main driving plot written behind the video games when we are talking about video game stories so you cannot just like you know make the player go here and there and then the story will be static no you have to be dynamic about it at least in my own experience yeah yeah and well, can I you would uh, say, oh, yeah, sorry. go ahead, go on, no, go I would ahead say a lot a lot of games a lot of games get criticism for that exact mm-hmm. reason for being linear for being just a mm-hmm. going from step to step people tend to complain when a game is too much like a book or too much like a movie Hmm, I see, I see. Yeah, well, that's what, um, you know, that's what I think video games should differ from, from the movies and also the novels. I mean, to be fair, movies and novels, they have their own charms as well. It's not like video game is much more superior to those um, storytelling medium. It's like we are different. 
we are really different I mean, in terms of, you know, execution and everything. And, you know, um, talking about video game writings, there's this old MMORPG called Ragnarok Online. Have you yes. guys heard yes. of it? Yes, yes. Very uh, legendary. I know uh, my cousin played it. <laughs> yes. I played it religiously since I was elementary schoolers. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the first thing that I um, noticed there is like the story. Because yeah. even though it's a, it's like an MMORPG, the story itself is so engaging that you could basically know almost about Norse mythology from the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that good. And I think that was also translated to the recent modern MMORPGs as well with World of Warcraft and, you know, Final Fantasy XIV, I believe. The yes, story the was so good. The best one, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the best one. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, not even in contest, is... really. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I think, you know, this is where we can, as a video game writers, shine. We can mm-hmm. give the players the freedom to choose and then we prepare the stories for them. You know, if you choose this option and then you get this option, and then if you choose this option, you get this particular option. We don't want to limit them. We want them to experience the story itself and be a part of the story itself, not as an observer, but as the character in the story. Yeah. And I mean, I would like to have a follow-up question about the, about interactivity and having mm-hmm. the, the, the player as the participant uh, instead of the, mm-hmm. the spectator. Uh, in terms of writing and narrative writing, how, do, how does it look like? So basically you, you, you uh, write, uh, okay, this, this, this particular part of the writing is for if this player chooses this, basically like that and blah, 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 like kind of like so on and so forth. It's like this particular section is only if this player chooses this one. And like this particular section is if player goes to goes here and stuff like that. Uh, Can you discuss more about about, uh, the interactivity? Well, um, generally video games, like we said before, that uh, uh, we tend to have this uh, freedom of choice for players for video games and basically we have this you know branches and plot lines as well because yeah it's like you said before the player choose option a and then um they will get the a storyline branch and if the players choose b and then b etc and but uh, that doesn't mean that they will be locked into the, the that path you know they can you know move also into the b branch from a branch if they choose another option further down the A branch. So it's basically not rigid. It's very dynamic and fluid. We uh, we want to, the, we wanted the player to experience the whole dynamic and also, you know, like playing real video games. It's not like just reading a story or a, or anything. I see, I see. And there's no better place for branching narrative. Uh... Uh, and I would like to ask this question for Violet, actually. But Violet is an is an avid uh, visual novel player. I am, yeah. So I know. <laughs> so uh, can you? I mean, I I'm not. So can can I ask a bit for visual novels? Like, oh, what what do you think makes visual novel writing different? Well, visual novel writing goes all the way back to those choose your own adventure books. Yes. That you used to be able to get where it was like pick your option then turn to page 
whatever. Mm -hmm. See what happens next. Um, yeah. I would say that visual, no that like traditional visual novel writing is less complex than other video game genres because it is more of a you follow the story, get a choice. If A, you go down this path, if B, you go down this path, and then more choices happen and branch off. But I think it's quite rare that you end up converging back with another path at any point. You end up very much locked into the path by the choices that you've made, which is very different to what Evan's saying about being able to experience everything. Mm, that's interesting. But you know, speaking of visual novels, actually, I play a lot of visual novels as well back in my high school days. <laughs> uh, do you I'm know sure Jisenjo Yes, actually. I haven't played it, but I do know it. That was my favorite no visual novel of all time. The story was so great, and you should definitely play it. Oh, I will. Because I yeah. need more games to put on my list of things to play. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was I was just saying like uh, visual novels does seem like one of the more if there are if, if it's like a spectrum of a linear linearity and multi, like a lot of endings then visual novel is that the one end of the spectrum right one extreme and uh, <laughs> the other extreme is probably more cinematic games like Naughty Dog games for example like Uncharted mm. Last of the Last of Us and stuff like that which I think can be valid as well when it's uh, when it's still like a linear story. Although even in linear video games, I've noticed that uh, it doesn't mean that the, the writing is linear uh, because uh, video game writing doesn't only happen during the cutscenes. It also happens when the players are exploring, ex just exploring, right? Like you can, exactly. they, can be, they can just be exploring and a character can start uh, with, you know, while playing the game and the side character can just start like, start a conversation about something else like you know, like a story from their past or, or like a story about where they are right now uh, the environment and stuff like that so uh, and obviously in video game writing uh, I would say like in movies uh, uh, the setting obviously does expand it on sometimes but I feel like in video game writing there is since there's more interactivity players can go to all the places and kind of interact like in a tactile manner with the environment. It means that the world needs to be very well developed as well, because I think maybe video game writing isn't only the actual story, but also the world building, the world building, right? Exactly. I mean, if we are talking about world building, we cannot, um, you know, mention the best in industry who does that from software. They do it the best. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they 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 uh they're more show don't tell and and uh, have a more environmental storytelling, right? Exactly. It's like very very subtle, but they don't can hold the player. They just like you know uh, show don't tell, and the player have to think for themselves, which is good, you know. Um, this is like uh this uh, there is a worrying trend that I am um recently observed from recent video games. Uh, new video games tend to handhold their players too tightly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They're like, you know, the tutorial doesn't end at the beginning. It ends in the ending credits. And I think it's like, uh, uh, 
you know, we, we should really, we, uh, I cannot speak for all of our video game um, developers, but I, I believe that reducing those amount of hand-holding should be the norms in the industry, at least for me personally. I'm yeah, not gonna uh, say what game it was. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna badmouth any games. But I, I just played a game where there was a puzzle, and I, I worked out the entire puzzle. Then I was trying to work out, okay, so how do I put in the answer to this puzzle essentially? And then I realized that the game did it all for you. You just had to click on the first thing. And then it says, oh, okay, so this is what I should do. And then it leads you to the next thing and the next thing. So it wasn't actually a puzzle. The game just held your hand, the whole thing. And I'm like, wait, I sat and walked this out. Uh, I would like to, uh, can I actually mention what game that is? <laughs> okay, go ahead if you want to. It's The Medium by Bluebird Team. Uh, and uh, anyway, oh, listen to our Silent Hill 2 remake discussion and you will see. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it as well. Uh, but uh, for me personally, uh, on that point, I would like to kind of uh, um, put forward the notion that I think uh, where it should lie is handholding fully. I think is also bad. But I think uh, recently there's a lot of push for games to be accessible, right? Uh, and accessible in terms, of, in terms of accessibility, actual disabilities, and and uh, people with disabilities or people with uh, uh, certain difficulties in playing video games. I think maybe uh, a more better, better middle ground would be uh, just having it the option. Like, okay, God of War Ragnarok, uh, the game I'm playing right now. Uh, so essentially, in puzzles, sometimes the characters, the the, the NPCs, will say, "Huh, maybe you should hit that part." You know what I mean? Because as a clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, usually, that's like pretty handholdy. But I think, and Ragnarok is one of the first games that I've seen do this they have an option to actually turn it off like completely turn off like hints essentially oh so i feel like uh and obviously uh, a lot of games that kind of uh yeah i just i just think that maybe there's a middle ground where uh there should be an option where it completely handhold stuff is completely turned off uh but i feel like uh it should be there as well when it can be because i think uh, there are people with disabilities who might not be able to play as well or, or uh and even there's like discussions on like uh, time and stuff like that uh, in terms of uh time as a currency and time as a and and entertainment uh companies uh essentially uh placing uh bits on people's time so uh i feel like companies also have incentives to make games accessible also uh because uh to to make pe pe to make use of people's time as efficiently as possible, I suppose. So yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I come from a time. I come from a time oh. when games were made lengthy just by being ridiculously hard. Yeah. That's and either because of the uh, the sort of platforming mechanic or whatever, or because of the puzzle. And didn't have any way of finding out how to solve the problem. Yeah. Because you mm. couldn't just look it up on the internet. You couldn't look up a walkthrough. So mm. if you were stuck, you were stuck. And I, oh. think it, I think it's quite nice 
now, like it sounds like in, in God or Ragnarok, having this option to have the little bit of hand holding if you need it. Because yeah, people do have a limited amount of time in their life to play video games when they become adult. Mm -hmm. And so if it's like, okay, I'm stuck, I need help, then the game can give you that that help. But being able to turn it off, I think is really important too. I think uh, it only becomes a problem when it, it's it's uh, kind of, uh, it goes hand in hand with the game design itself and the handholding. Uh, so if the game design still allows for more uh, self-discovery, uh, like uh, like from software games, for example, right? Uh, that would be that would be awesome, right? So uh, yeah, so it's so like it's definitely like a spectrum still. Anyway, going back to video game writing, uh, I would like also like to ask uh, Evan, uh, you know, not not only even for game writing, but for your part, it's just like a personal question to you. Uh, not only for game writing, but what's your approach to writing, narrative writing in general? Your old approach. Hmm. <laughs> it's funny that you said that because, you know, <laughs> sometimes I've been going through motions only and it's like, you know, it's like just click and then everything just goes out smoothly. But um, for me personally, I try to imagine living in the world first. Like you're in like, Okay, I mean, we're not going to mention Coral Island, but definitely like you're in Coral Island, you know what I mean? Like, like that, right? For example, or like any, any other uh, setting? Um, any other setting, you know, just not, not, not specifically that, but you know, any yeah, other yeah, setting. Obviously, like, obviously, just an example, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like maybe if I am writing something about a, what you call it, steampunk era, then yeah. I will imagine myself, you know, as a normal citizen there in the steampunk era, what would I do? And you know, um, it's it helps me to start on the ground first, not necessarily start at the top tier. It's like you know, start um, try to start as the basic citizen first, not um, directly as the hero of the story. Like, yeah. what would the citizen do in these times normally? Maybe yeah. they will buy food and what will they um you know what will they buy food with is it money is it scrap metals you know in steampunk era it's like all tons of possibilities that we could explore right yeah 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 so yeah basically i'd i'd like to think myself living in the world first and that helps me a lot in narrative writing personally that's awesome that's really really awesome and uh <laughs> I mean, my example. Uh, kind of I know what's really, coming. <laughs> my example that's kind of related to that is, uh, uh, I, uh, I'm a dungeon master <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but it's kind of similar because I'm a dungeon master, so I literally mm -hmm. do world building and I play all the NPCs. I, I, like me, the person I play all the NPCs. Uh, Violet can attest to how many NPCs I have. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, how detailed the NPCs and the, my world is. Uh, um, I yeah, I have hundreds of NPCs in my brain right now. So it's just like uh, I I get it. I, I really do get it uh, in terms of uh, in terms of world building. It's just like kind of going down to the the how people live essentially, right? Uh, and the culture and everything. Uh, it's really important, yeah. And uh, I mean, mm -hmm. again, Violet, Violet can attest to how I 
do describe how people yes. dress, how people dress, and how people uh, behave, right? Uh, yes. Compared to somewhere else, uh, uh, because my setting, the setting I'm using, is very culture heavy and pol- uh, geopolitics heavy. So it's pretty. Anyway, it's like another discussion. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. So. Uh, yeah. Any anything else? Uh, I mean, uh, I'm thinking of a question, but do you have anything else to say about game writing, Evan? Yeah. Well, um, basically, you know, um, sharing from my experience with playing video games as well. I hope that further video games that could be developed by myself or maybe by even other um, developers. We can try to make the game like um, more or less linear and more dynamic for the players themselves. Because like I said before, it would be very, very cool like if the player wants to do this and then the consequence ripple through the game's part. Like, you know, as small as kicking a pebble in a... Um, wait, sorry. <laughs> Let me have another analogy. As small as, you know, <laughs> breaking a twig in the middle of a mountain can have a very serious consequence in game like maybe it changes the monsters encounters or maybe or if even you know the local npc mentioned it hey you just broke a twig right and then they will yeah butterfly effect exactly and that's what i'm trying to you know i'm trying to apply in um in my career as well in writing video games because it would be cool I mean, uh, that that in that particular point, it's not only about the butterfly effect, but that also helps with uh, cohesion and narrative uh, consistency. Because if it, if mm-hmm. you do this, if you get if you do this and it gets acknowledged later, you feel like the narrative matters. You know what I mean? So exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, a game that I would recommend the, for that is there are two games. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, I think visual novels exist, but one is a D and D game. Baldur's Gate 3 uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is uh, a bit like that because it's based on D&D so every choice literally matters and this uh, Disco Elysium awesome game masterpiece Disco Elysium is awesome so uh, it's a bit like uh, like you said like everything matters and everything gets acknowledged later so it's, it's very good I was gonna uh, actually say we had a we had a moment like that recently uh, playing Final Fantasy XIV. It comes back to Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where we mm-hmm. were trying to solve these puzzles to unlock different routes in a dungeon, which was almost like a visual novel kind of unlock different pathways to get different endings. Yeah. Oh. And one of them was this, the simplest thing was we we weren't allowed to stand on these flowers. Wow. No. Yeah, that unlocked an, an, yeah, and that unlocked, unlocked an ending, and it also affected the boss. So the the, the boss mechanics yeah, were affected unlocked. by this. This one tiny thing that I don't even know how we worked it out. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, we unlock all the endings, and there's like very tiny tiny changes that really impacted the the boss ending in in the dungeon. So it's it's called Criterion Dungeon, uh, Variant Dungeon. So it's like a dynamic dungeon with multiple endings. It's very good. Anyway, about FF14, yeah. uh, FF14's writing is also a bit like that, uh, where, how it uh, really, everything you do matter, because Violet, remember that every, because things you do hundreds of hours ago in in the previous expansions, uh, the, 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 the specific duties you do at the end of Endwalker, yeah, the, 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 
at the end of the the climax of the main story of uh, so basically FF14 has a has a saga that's been unfolding for multiple expansions and the climax of the saga just happened like last year so with the enduring climax everything that we did throughout the, all the expansions and everything gets acknowledged characters that you haven't seen for hundreds and hundreds of hours uh it just appears again it's very emotional i think anyway uh it's like that it really matters right so and in your yeah. games um mm -hmm. exactly that's what i'm talking about that's so beautiful like hearing yeah. it like just a small flower and then it changes the whole boss mechanics it's just like so yeah. amazing to have those in video games and i hope you know we could expand and explore more on that uh, note but you know to add more games to your recommendation coral island definitely and you mentioned before how video games are are unique and we should use the unique features of video games and interactivity of it instead of uh sticking with uh, film narratives uh, like film like narratives and stuff like that and um uh it's interesting because uh i just did a podcast on alfred hitchcock and hitchcock uh, had this notion of pure cinema where uh pure cinema and this is a popular notion back in classic hollywood again our film film side of broadly specific leaking in again but uh hitchcock has had this notion of pure cinema where uh essentially cinema should y utilize the unique features of cinema because of the difference in raw materials and medium compared to novels or th the theater uh, essentially because uh, uh a film has the ability to a film has the ability to use the camera's gaze as as a as a as you know uh to direct the audience's attention to specific things uh rather uh you know compared to the theater or the theater or novels and for silent films and uh specifically perfected that that notion of uh the camera's gaze and uh telling stories through uh visuals and now extending it to video games uh video games obviously now adds another dimension to that where uh we can we, we can have cutscenes where it's like a film basically and we can we can have the camera's gaze uh and fr and the mise en scene and framing of everything and a blocking of the characters doing certain specific things because we want to tell a specific message in that scene but also we can have the gameplay part where the story also unfolds and the player can be uh, can be participant in the story and have a direct consequence to the story uh no spoiler for God of War but Violet also experienced this where during a pivotal part of uh God of War where you literally have to uh in the story you have to press a button to do something yes yes <laughs> right <laughs> during a very important moment you have to press a button to do something I'm not going to spoil it for rather than, rather than the game doing it for you yeah you have you to actually do. have to do it yeah you have to do right. it and so that's like a thing where you can do in video games where during important cutscenes or during important moments the game will just like oh you're not gonna you're not only gonna watch do it you know what i mean so oh, oh yeah well, uh, God of War is a great example of that anyway because of how it doesn't cut 
Yes. Uh, so it's a one-cut camera, right? You notice, Evan? Yeah. There's a, yep. like a one-take camera. Oh, which is an incredible achievement. An incredible achievement in, in PS on PS4 <laughs> back in 2018. Can you imagine a one-take camera in, on PS4? Uh, but Ragnarok, uh, I'll say this, Ragnarok's one-cut camera is even more amazing. And the, the, wow. scene, the, the scene transitions, because sometimes the scene transitions to another place entirely. But how they transition into a different place with the one-take camera is so creative. Oh my god, I can't, I can't talk about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like the scene transitions and everything, because it's the scene transitions doesn't cut to a new camera. It's still the same camera. So it's the, the trick they do is, is uh, I mean, it's the same trick they do with what, like one take camera in films, where they have hidden cuts essentially, where essentially sometimes they 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 cover the camera for a brief millisecond, or they kind of like show uh, a corner. Where they cut into a new scene, uh, you know, in like a seamless uh, cut. Uh, you know, a, a film that I can point to that is uh, 1917 by Sam Sam Mendes. Uh, uh, so yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh yes. So the video game definitely adds this extra layer of interactivity and uh, particip participation in the story. Uh, sometimes breaking even breaking the fourth wall. Um, I'm gonna mention Kojima, <laughs> Hideo Kojima. Hey, Hideo Kojima breaks the fourth wall a lot. Yeah. Uh, literally addressing the players as players. You know what I mean? Uh, in the Metal Gear Solid series, uh, Kojima does a lot, a lot of uh, breaking the fourth wall, where and addresses the character, uh, the players directly. Like Metal Gear Solid One had the uh, Psycho Mantis uh, change the controller or something, right? Or like to check your that memory. That stuff is scary. Check your memory. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was change the controller, change the controller port. <laughs> and uh, and I think I think Psychomantis literally says uh, what games you have in your memory card. Ah, so you've been playing this, you know what I mean? <laughs> really, what the well, fuck? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, how do you? And, know? <laughs> oh, Metal Gear Solid Two had uh, Metal Gear Solid Two had something with. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it because Violet's gonna play that one. But Metal Gear Solid 2 had a specific scene where it really breaks the fourth wall and yeah, I'm not gonna mention Metal Gear Solid 2 ones actually. But Metal Gear Solid 3 had a had a had a I'm I'm just gonna say it because it's, this is like out of context, but had a has a boss where you literally have to die to win. You have to die. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah. Uh and you have to die in a very specific way as well, I think. Uh but yeah. All the Metal Gear Solid right. game has that. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 has something like that. And Metal Gear Solid 4, the final fight, you really have to actually fight the controller, which is you know, pivotal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, discussing uh, film and video game, Kojima is a big cinephile and film 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 enthusiast. Uh, but he, you know, being a film enthusiast, he still believes in the the video game medium. You know what I mean? And kind of the interactivity and the specialness of it. So uh, that says uh, quite a bit, I think. Uh, Evan, do you have anything else uh, to say about, uh, uh, you know, what we've been saying? Mm, well, like I said before, it's, yeah. I hope that video games, interactivities could, you know, um, evolve more ways of storytelling and story making. And, you know, I just hope that we could make better video games with better yeah. Stories. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm. I'm trying to achieve. 
in the future. Uh, I have mentioned this before in the previous podcast, in the Silent Hill 2 remake podcast, that video mm-hmm. game, if, you, if we compare video game industry history with the film industry, uh, if we kind of like put them side by side, uh, we are uh, only now entering the talkies era. In terms of talkies is uh, of films with you know voice, uh, with, with sound. Uh, so we're now going out of the silent film era, I suppose, in video games and kind of entering this new era, I suppose, in, if we mm. kind of like compare it side by side. Uh, and um, I'm not saying that video games, definitely it's not a, like a direct parallel uh, because I think video games advance way faster than film in a sense. Uh, and, you know, st- stories in video games, masterpiece stories in video games have existed existed for a very long time. So, and, you know, in film, in films as well, to be fair, I mean, silent films are, are uh, have a, a lot of masterpieces like the, uh, like a, a Fritz Lang's films. But um, anyway, uh, I think uh, video game is, I mentioned in the previous podcast, Video games have always been art, but nowadays there's more consciousness of it. Uh, and there's more uh, public consciousness that video game is art. And uh, it's, the stories in video games should be, uh, is impactful and uh, does like, uh, should be considered like art instead of uh, just a thing that I don't know, kids do, I suppose, right? And no, 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 no. Or that? Exactly. And that it should be preserved because we we talked previously in the other podcast about how so many old games just become lost. Yeah, which is why I talk about the silent film, like the film industry history uh, uh, parallel, because the, the the film industry has had had problems with preservation early on. A lot of silent oh. films, a lot of silent films are just gone completely, destroyed. No no copies left. Uh. Some early films as well, even the talkies, a lot of the copies are just completely destroyed. No, no, no traces left. So a lot of uh, uh, copies are destroyed. Uh, going to going back to Indonesia, actually, uh, Indonesia has a lot of early films that are just completely gone. Like uh, if you know Usmar uh, uh, Umar Ismail, uh, yeah, I think that's his name. Like one of the legendary directors of uh, in the Indonesian film history, has a lot of lost films. Recently, mm. Criter- Criterion. Criterion Collection did a, a restoration of uh, after the after the curfew, which is lewat uh, jam malam, I think. Anyway, uh, it's a very historic, a very important film. Uh, but video uh, film preservation has been a problem for early films. Video game as well, I think. Video game preservation is a problem as well. With digital games as well, it's 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 a problem preservations. But uh, yeah, I mean it's another discussion. I mean, do you have any 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 takes on this, uh, Evan? I mean, um, you play a lot of old games. I know that you know, RTS and stuff like that. What like? Yeah, I think uh, there are the you know what what do you think? Like suddenly they're just gone and you can't like play them anymore, right? It's it's sad actually. It's very very sad. There's like this um, very very old game. Windows game, it's called Rishoshet, The Lost World. <laughs> yeah. Very, very ancient game, but now it's gone and you cannot download it anywhere. Yeah. But, uh, um, fortunately, I've been seeing a lot of um, attempts and at, you know, having this digital art 
archive for games, especially yeah. the DOS games like Doom or maybe even the older games like Bomberman for PC. Yeah. I mean, Doom is like, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, it's... The Doom you can play like, it's on, a, on like a calculator. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but that's like this um, ongoing um, attempt to restore and also to retrieve these old games. And I believe that, like you said before, it's just like we are entering a new era for games. And by entering the new era, it's crucial for us to not forget the old ones as well. We need to preserve them and to learn from them and also, you know, let the newer generation also play them because yeah. they are essentially yeah. good games to play. And this, this this is, there is more risk in multiplayer games as well. Because all MMOs or all uh, multiplayer games, once the service is down, they're gone completely. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that's a, I mean, right now online, I think mo nowadays mostly it's, it's run in private servers, right? Yeah, and well, um, the game itself has still have official servers, but the population is not nearly as good as before. There's like maybe a um, handful, hundreds if you're lucky for your official servers. And yeah, yeah it's quite sad to see, but you know, it's the way it all flies. <laughs> People move on to the better things, I guess. We also mentioned Flash games and Flash games have problems with preservation as well. I think a lot of it has been, have been lost. Uh, yeah, because Flash is technically not supported anymore, right? Yeah, Every, you, need to, mm -hmm, you need to have the application actually. It's mm. like called Flashpoint, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you can browse many Flash games there. So yeah, it's one of the examples of people having this um, attempt to preserve these games because essentially they are part of video game histories. So yeah, it's good to see. It's great to see people are trying to preserve these histories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, definitely, definitely. And uh, again, what does it do with it? Because what does it got to do with game writing? Well, it has some, everything to do with it because a lot of these stories are going to be lost forever, right? So it's... Uh, mm -hmm. so, and that's just, you know, sad. It's very, very sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, books are also like that, you know? Books are the most ancient ones out of all of these mediums, and a lot of books have been lost as well. I mean, obviously, we can yeah. refer to the Library of Alexandria uh, in Egypt uh, that was lost. That was, that was Biggest just, crime in humanity, I think, that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of uh, things have been lost through history, mm -hmm. and um, preservation is very important. These are stories and video game does represent part of the zeitgeist of the time period of uh, what people think of, of things at the time and what people think are worth putting down into stories and the video game is a part of that cultural history for for humans so so it's very important to uh take one one consider them as art but also preserve them right so exactly any 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 takes on this well oh yeah i completely agree i believe it's interesting, it got me thinking. There's a, a mod called uh, Shino Alice. What is that, sir? Shino Alice. And okay. it's by Yokotaro. Okay. Who most famously is yeah. known for Nia. Yep. Yeah. And basically, it's like gotcha game. Uh, ew. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's. It's in certain regions. It's going. It's it's ending. Oh. 
And so what Yoko Taro has done has created a conclusion for the game. And there's a warning, apparently. And you yep. will complete the story and then you will be locked out of the game forever. <laughs> I mean, oh. it sounds like Yoko Taro, yeah. It's very Yoko Taro. But th- I, imagine doing that to a game that people have spent money on. Yeah. I mean, like, huge amounts of money. I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> So a lot of it takes a lot of balls I think to you, do it with a gotcha game. I think but they will that's get, what apparently is being done. They will get yeah, they will get sued. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> wants yeah. What, I mean, it, so his decision was not to preserve yeah. this, this online game, but to give it a finale and then just that's it. You're done. Yeah. I want to swerve back the discussion to game writing and interactivity because uh, we discussed this a bit in the previous Silent Hill 2 Remake podcast. Uh, Hideo Kojima again breaks the fourth wall a lot and I think he's one of the most, uh, I mean his games are still has like a linear ending and linear story a bit but a lot of the things in between that linear story and ending are pretty dynamic. <laughs> we mentioned PT, the Silent Hill uh, demo uh yeah, i think th- that's uh definitely one of the more extreme uh a- a case of uh of interactivity because at some point you have to talk into your mic yeah yeah call, call out the ghost <laughs> uh, oh my god you have to call out the ghost in your mic uh say say lisa right and um and uh the game breaks the football a lot and uh, at some point i think in, during the development it was planned that uh you can you can input your phone number and the ghost will actually like send you SMS messages to your phone. Wow. Yeah. That's spooky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's like another extreme of it. But definitely things like this are only like possible in video games, right? Exactly. And just like, they are scratching the surface. There are so many things that we can do with player and also, you know, have them engage and immerse yeah. themselves in the story by, you know, creating these little things. Yeah. Like, you know, sending text messages directly to the phone. I mean, it's not maybe feasible right now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely with the global audience, global players. So, yeah. <laughs> um, would be fun to do it in the future, maybe with, you know, <laughs> other games. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, uh, again, I think uh, games do take inspiration for ta- from tabletop RPGs but I feel like learning more from tabletop RPGs and how the in- Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that do it it would be beneficial for games I think uh, because uh, tabletop RPG is the de facto most interactive game of all time period <laughs> so right so um, yeah uh, I think uh, it should go hand in hand I suppose yeah 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 sure no, no harm in, you know, learning from the predecessor, right? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's even a predecessor because technically it is predecessor, but tabletop RPGs are still evolving to this day. It's still active. It's still exactly. dynamically evolving. So, uh, and uh, it's getting more involved. It's evolving more with like online platforms for tabletop RPGs where I, I as a dungeon master can have these insane looking maps, insane looking and like, uh, Looking maps and scenes and uh, Violet can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some amazing <laughs> maps out there. Yeah, really wow. cool maps. So it's just like pretty cool, like stuff like that. I can use a voice changer to play certain NPCs. Uh, I can, uh, 
use music in the background, stuff like that's pretty cool. I just remembered, Evan, you, I, I did, I did DM you once. You did play Dungeons and Dragons. I know I, I was a DM, the DM, right? I just remembered that. Yeah, dude, we played twice, man. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. I'm just <laughs> yeah. We did this indeed. Oh man, you should play more D and D. To be honest. Oh, maybe some days, <laughs> you know. I, I, you know, to be perfectly frank, I want to try everything. I want to play everything, but you know, time. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a currency nowadays. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, it 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 gonna it gonna catch up to you sooner or later with age as well. You just gotta have less time to spend, I guess. Uh, I think well, it's gonna kill you now, but. Uh... <laughs> Oops. <Anyway. laughs> uh, no. Oh my god! Zero. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yeah, that definitely, definitely. Uh, so uh, I feel like we definitely have said a lot of things. Uh, have any? Do you have any final words on writing on video games? Uh, well, you know, after talking about a lot of things, I realized there is one very important thing to have as a video game writer. It's not about creativity. It's not about experience playing video games. It's not yeah. about how good you are. Um, with your vocabularies, with your grammars, but it's about open-minded. Yeah. You need to be open-minded about mm. everything. You need to expand your horizon. You need to learn from everything. Yeah, from you, all mediums, right? Yeah. From all mediums, from films, novels, from tabletop RPGs, you name yeah. it. You absorb everything yeah. and then yeah. you make a better product. Yeah. I think like that's what it means to be a, you know, you know, game a writer. Creator. A good creator in general, I think. Not even a yeah, game, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. it being multi-dimensional like that, uh, I would like also to mention uh, the, the great director German. Uh, no, oh, was it German Australian? Austrian. Anyway, uh, the great director Werner Herzog. Uh, one of his uh, uh, famous quotes is, uh, "A poet must never avert uh, their eyes." So, uh, I mean, Werner Herzog actually, uh, like, even watches like shitty reality TV shows because you know mm -hmm. uh, just to see what you know what, what is it what is that you know what I mean so his main message is essentially a poet must never avert their eyes and you have to really do uh, see everything and not avert your eye because you think less of it you know or if you think like uh, it's lame or anything like that so uh, you know like uh, let, let's say like people have the tendency to let's look down on video games or look down on certain mediums you know what I mean so you don't mm -hmm. want to do that, you know. Even tabletop RPGs, and it seems like a, nah, what a game people are playing. But you know, there's like stuff to learn about it. Exactly. I mean, you can learn about character developments, world building, and also, um, you know, uh, um, what you call it, working with your teammates in TRPG. Right? That's very critical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what about you, Violet? Have you anything to say about this? About D and D. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but also, but like Actually, this no, multi-dimensional. Like, it was reminding me uh, that uh, this is something that you've said to me before, was that knowing a lot about just the world, not just culture, but knowing about the world around you, is so important in being able to write a good story. Yeah. History, politics, everything, yeah. right? Is it? 
So it's just like being like a well-rounded person. I think it's quite important in writing in general. And you write. It's not about your uh, or what you know or or what what you know right now or uh, your writing, even your writing ability or even like anything. Right? It's more about like your curiosity. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Your yeah. Oh, you were gonna you were gonna say something about it? No, I just said yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that was like a good like uh kind of like a like a final thing on it, I suppose. Uh uh it was a very good discussion. Uh thank you for uh well f- first off, Violet, thank you for uh dropping by again. Yes, uh, you're very welcome. I mean, you're gonna be in more more fucking. <laughs> I will be back. Uh, because because uh, because Violet and I are gonna do for gaming wise one. We're gonna do the Final Fantasy fourteen podcast, and also we're gonna yeah. do God of War Ragnarok discussion at some point. Want to finish it right? And yes. uh, so we're gonna get on that for gaming wise. Uh, but thank you. It's been an honor having uh you, Evan, uh, as a representative of. Uh, Sarah uh, Games talking about game writing no. kind of the, uh, introduction, introducing a uh, Coral Island. So, no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I mean, it's a really an honor to be part of this podcast. I believe that you guys are starting something incredible and I cannot wait, you know, to see you at the top. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It. Uh, hopefully that happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I mean, you'd like to say uh, this type of uh, for people who are still listening and new to this podcast, are uh, or people are past listeners as well. Uh, we definitely do specialize in having this critical look to things and have a more op- like an open-minded view on things. Uh, and uh, so far, we've only discussed like film, art, music, uh, design. So uh, and but suspiciously excluding video games. So now that's why uh, I want to expand more on video games and video game as art, essentially. And uh, I want to have the same respect to video games and create essays and things uh, uh, according to video games in the, you know, a more highbrow manner, I suppose, with the same respect as like film, as films and things like that. So. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, definitely do uh, subscribe to us, essentially, in every uh, everywhere. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for uh, for joining us, Evan. And now we will do a, a Patreon patron shout-out, basically. So, <laughs> uh, so thank you uh, again. Uh, we have we don't run ads on our website, at least not yet. I don't think I will because it kind of ruins the aesthetic. Uh, we don't run ads. We uh, and uh, I basically uh, finance the, my, the website and everything, the tools and everything, software uh, with my own money. Uh, so this is truly a passion, pro- passion project for me. Uh, so uh, if you only want to support what we're doing, uh, but also uh, but also help us grow to even greater heights, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon on patreon.com slash uh, broadly underscore specific and uh, people who are subscribed to our podcast and uh, the Patreon uh, who uh, you know, depending on your tier you will get things like uh, newsletters exclusive exclusive posts exclusive creations 
early access uh, like for example this one is going to go on three day early access and then you know it's going to release through public so early access uh and uh, other perks and and things like that if you're interested in that definitely uh go to Patreon and subscribe and one of the other benefits is that you will get a shout out in podcasts and instagram and things like that so thank you for our patrons who uh, for lovely patrons who have uh, supported us so far uh, first off starting from the the vvip official sponsor this is we, not awkward at all every time yep because well is a patron but this is <laughs> uh thank you to the vvip official sponsors who are our, our essentially our official sponsors they are our biggest patrons and those are funny shamsu and say violet the, the guests so thank you for being a patron <laughs> And uh, and then next up, thank you uh, to the the BS Club supporter, uh, who is uh, Melissa McConnell. Thank you. And next up are the Prime supporters, who are Umi Hoshi and Zed Orchard. And finally, uh, the official supporter, uh, who is Andika Pielet. Thank you, thank you everyone for uh, supporting us. You can follow us. On a, go to our website broadly-specific.com. That's where most of our stuff are. You can uh, find us on Instagram on at broadly underscore specific. That's usually our main social media platform, especially since Twitter is kind of going to shit. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, you can go to Twitter on our Twitter as well at broadly uh, films. I think at broadly films. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you can just search broadly space specific. Uh, just subscribe and we're gonna do more video essays and things like that as well in the future so definitely subscribe to our youtube at some point it's gonna be our main platforms maybe and uh also you can also subscribe to uh, uh this this podcast in your preferred platform you know spotify apple Podcasts, or, or every everywhere you can find all the platforms in an, 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 anchor.com and uh, anchor.fm slash broadly specific i believe anyway uh thank you for our panelists and special guests, uh, Evan. So yeah, thank you, Violet. Thank you, Evan, for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Any any parting words? <laughs> All right. Well, you know my parting words. Don't yep, forget right. that yep. Coral Island is now out on Steam, and you can buy it directly from the store page. And you know, immerse yourself in the world of Coral Island. That's all. Thank you. Uh, yep. 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 <laughs> I think that's a closing way to end it. All right. right. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. See you next time.